What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me at the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show, sportsbusiness at gmail.com. Yo, if I came home early Saturday afternoon, late Saturday afternoon, and I ended up watching the rest of the Bama versus Tennessee game. And Tennessee beat Bama for the first time, I believe, in like 15 or 16 years or something like that. It was like 100,000 people that stormed the field afterwards, which is kind of a college tradition. But I don't understand why a six-seeded team is running the field against a three-seeded team. Or a three, the six, the number six nation against the three, number three. Whatever. I get I get it's an upset over first time over 15 years, but y'all should have expected that. Yeah, so they stormed the field. They dig the they dig the goalposts up and they carry it on out the field. And I got to thinking like, yo, where are y'all taking this goalpost to? Like, it ain't like y'all just gonna carry it out the building and then go take it to the nearest Canes or the nearest doggone Zaxby's chicken and put it in the parking lot. Y'all go eat y'all food and then y'all carry it and then be like, all right, boys, where where are we going to next with the goalpost? So I got questions. Email the show. Where would you take a goalpost to? If you done stormed the field and was had to be one of the 50 people, actually really 100, because I know that thing ain't light. So you're probably carrying two goalposts. And I would assume you need anywhere between 35 to 50 people to carry that mug about the stadium. So just found that a little weird. Like, I'm all for storming the field, but carrying a goalpost? Like, that's manual labor, bro. I've been sitting out in the sun for three, three, four hours cheering your team on. Any woman to carry a goalpost out? It ain't happening, Jack, but... That's college football for you. I don't understand it, man. That ain't really my cup of tea. But anyways, we're going to get into our ballers of week six, and then we're going to get into our phony people of week six, the top teams and the bottom teams. We're also going to get into some NBA preview, being the fact that tomorrow is opening night. And then we're also going to wrap it up with the dummy of the day. So before we get into everything, man, let's talk about these week six ballers. And I got number one right now, and, and a lot of people going to debate me. Which is cool. This is this is what I do. You know, I got number one is the the Philadelphia Eagles, and I would probably say there's this is their their week six victory against the Dallas Cowboys might be their so far their signature win of the year, and you know people can say well the Dallas Cowboys ain't really all that. That's true, but they also beat it. That team was I believe they had only had one loss before they ended up playing against the Eagles. So I mean I'm not gonna really knock the Cowboys. Not to mention they have a really really good defense. So. The Eagles, I mean, if you don't have Jalen Hurts in your top, I don't know, three in as far as your league MVPs this year, something is wrong with you. I mean, my man has been balling out of control. He, all the questions that have been, you know, all the valid questions that they've had towards him, they've been valid. And I think he's been able to silence a lot of the critics. And he's also been able to prove that he does belong in this league and he is a capable quarterback. There's there's a lot of things that they're going to have to work on, especially with Lane Johnson, the right tackle, being injured right now. So there's going to be times where that's going to have to be, you know, bulked up. They're going to have to figure some things out on that side. Um, the defense is, man, the defense is solid as well. Their defensive backs with uh, with Darius Big Play Slay. Shout out to Brunswick, Georgia. You got my man uh, Bradbury, and then you also got uh, Gardner, my man C.J. Gardner-Smith, I believe, that came from New Orleans. 
you got it. You got probably one of the best secondaries in football, which is very, very critical to have where you can have two cornerbacks that can basically almost lock anybody down your top two receivers now. So um, I, I think the Eagles, I got them right now is my number one team and, and my number two team right now, which a lot of people say is a number one team in football, but they got a loss. And that's my only blemish against them right now is the Buffalo Bills. Went into Kansas City. They pretty much control their own destiny when it comes against the Kansas City Chiefs. They were able to just kind of stifle the the Chiefs and keep them stagnant. And their defense is legit. Josh Allen, again, another another MVP candidate who some people would probably say he is the MVP right now, which is totally valid and totally justifiable. Um, My only thing about them is... They need to figure out, is Josh Allen going to be their featured running back? Because I don't know how much can he sustain. And, I mean, he's laying the wood down a lot of these linebackers and DBs as far as running the ball and jumping over people, running over people, stiff-arming people. All that's fine and dandy. But, I mean, how much as a quarterback can that be sustainable? Um, Like I said last week on my show, I feel like he looks like Cam Newton 2.0. So, and, you know, over time, over the years, you're going to start, that's going to start adding up. I don't know if it's going to add up this year, but it's it's definitely going to start adding up. But I got the I got the the Buffalo Bills in my my number two team, number three. Man, I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to keep it pushing. Number well, number three team is the Chiefs. Um, my number three, you know, I get it that they had a bad. What would they say is a bad loss against the Bills? They they got outplayed. They were very very close. They stuck in with them. You know, they had a missed field goal and a couple other miscues, but for the most part, they hung with the Buffalo Bills for the most part. Um, I think Pat Mahomes is still trying to figure out how to play without a deep ball receiver in Tyreek Tyreek Hill. Um, Travis Kelsey's game has had to adjust a little bit, so I think they're they're going to be in pretty good shape. But I mean, at the end of the day, they they just need to know that if it does boil down to the AFC Championship game, they're going to have to go play um, Buffalo in Buffalo, barring Buffalo losing a whole bunch of games right now, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, I think Kansas City, they're they're solid, they're still there. Um, but they do have a big game coming up this uh, Sunday, which I think is a must-win game for both the Chiefs and the Niners. But I think it's more urgent for the Chiefs to win this game as opposed to the 49ers because they can't lose back-to-back games like that. Um, and I don't know if when's the last time Pat Mahomes would have been under 500 in his career. So that's also something to look out for. I don't know if he ever has been under 500 so in the NFL at least. So <clears throat> I think that's a huge critical game. Um, I think that this is a pivotal game for them, but I also think that this is a good game for them to be able to bounce back and kind of let the world know that, hey, we're, we're right there with the Chief, uh, right there with the Bills and we can compete with anybody. And this is a championship caliber team. My number four team um, is the Minnesota Vikings. Again, another five and one team. Um, a lot of people are like, well, why are you out here putting putting Minnesota, you know, behind Kansas City? I mean, because Minnesota, I mean, Kansas City's one. They got championship pedigree. So sometimes you get a little freebie. You get a little bit of lady, you know, you get a little bit of favoritism. So I'm showing Kansas City a little bit more love than I am the Vikings. Um, the Vikings is another team that nobody really expected them to be that good. Um, but they played very, very well um, the last couple of games, being the fact that they were able to kind of eke out a win against a battered and bruised Miami team. They're leading the division, which everyone thought the Green Bay Packers was going to be. And now they're, you know, they, they, they're they 5-1. and one. Um, Kirk Cousins isn't really turning the ball over. They got a mean running game with Dalvin Cook. You got Justin Jefferson finally looking like what he was last year. And their defense isn't bad. Like, their defense is, is a solid D. So, I, I right now, I got them as one of my top teams. Um, until I see them boys start losing, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to say I'm rocking with them, but they they deserve that acknowledgement right now. And I think I'm going to acknowledge them. 
And then my number five teams, it's a tie. Um, and that's the two teams from New York. One, I'm really, really impressed with. Two, I they're just five and one. Whatever. It's the worst five and one team I've ever seen in my 20 some odd years of watching football. Like, I just don't know what to make of the Giants like. You can say it's good coaching. You can also say that the Ravens fumbled the bag a little bit yesterday. But also at the same time, the Ravens haven't been that good. Like, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They've had double-digit leads in all of their games this year, and they've lost three of those. So, I don't know what to make of the Ravens right now. I mean, I thought they were going to be a little bit better than what they were last year. But also at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of miscues that they're doing. So, I think a little bit of, I mean, you got to have a little bit of luck in this league. Um, this league is really, really based off of a couple of plays here and there, whether you're going to win or lose. So I'm not really impressed with the Giants. I'm going to keep it a buck. But I really am impressed with the New York Jets. I thought the Jets were going to be terrible. I, I didn't expect them to do be anywhere between what they – I didn't even think they were going to be this close, honestly. So the fact that the Jets, I believe, are 4-2 and two right now, and I think three of those wins are on the road, says, says a lot. And, I mean, the Jets got players. They got a mean defense, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams – on the offensive side, you got a dude named Brees Hall who's, who's pounding that rock. Um, the receiving core, uh, they got a first-round draft pick. I'm going to be honest. i got to eat a little bit of humble pie. Like I thought Zach Wilson was going to be lemon booty, and he's proving me wrong. Like He looks like a everyday National Football League quarterback. Like He looks solid. He looks like a and, – and that's one thing I can respect the Jets, what they did this year, is they gave my man Zach Wilson all the tools to, to, to build around him. They gave him a better offensive line. They gave him a running game. They gave him some receivers to throw the ball to. And my man's he's he's utilizing and he's thriving off of the 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 weapons that they've given him and he's built, able to build a house with the tools that they've given him. So you got to give um, Zach Wilson a little bit of you got to give him a lot of bit of credit actually. And as far as the Giants go, one thing I did notice about them as much as I do be banging on the Giants, Daniel Jones isn't Danny Danny Dimes is not Nick he's not turning the ball over. And that helps you win games at, at the end of the day. So the fact that he hasn't been turning the ball over, they're not really asking him to do much. That's a big deal. My only question is how much more can they just rely on Saquon Barkley literally just carrying this team to the finish line? That's a huge ask. Um, that's a huge ask. I'm trying to think of maybe. But even that year where Adrian Peterson did it, he had Brett Favre and that team was really slaying the ball around. That year, he won the MVP. So even that year, I'm just trying to think of teams that were just solely relying on their running game. How far did they get? And I think the Vikings got all the way up until the NFC Championship game, and they lost to the Saints that year, which would have been 2009, 2010, around there. I'm trying to think of Derrick Henry. He didn't. I mean, he got, I think, as far as the AFC Championship game. So I haven't seen anyone necessarily win. A championship that with with just strictly a, a great running with, with basically just running the football is their only only option right now. So um, whatever the giant, I mean they're they're in there, but I mean eventually they'll. I, I would assume they're going to taper off pretty soon. Um, my bottom five teams for for week six, number five or actually number five, the Ravens. Ravens, they 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 haven't looked good. Um, their deep, let me say, they, their defense hasn't looked good, and the fact that they've given up, like I said, three double digit leads, that's that's bad coaching. I'm also not a firm believer of when you're up big, like going into the fourth quarter, you start playing this prevent defense where you don't let nothing really 
get past you. Nah, bro, you gotta keep you gotta put the metal the the, the pedal to the metal and keep it pushing. We got you that lead is what you need to do and I keep doing. Like I get that you might get burnt on a a deep pass or anything like that, but the fact that you're letting everything play up in front of you, you don't get nothing behind you. You're giving up a huge a whole bunch of chunk yards, and then you keep giving up chunk yards, chunk chunk plays, chunk plays, chunk plays. The next thing you want, damn, you already in their red zone, and then you're gonna you can't do nothing. You can't let them get behind you at that point. So I'm not necessarily a firm believer on playing this prevent defense not letting anything get behind you because you're literally just giving up 15 to 20 yards per play when you play this weird prevent defense so it's very very interesting it's really weird to see the ravens who on defense they're not bad they have a pretty good secondary they have a green a great defensive line a decent uh, linebacking crew but lamar jackson's making some boneheaded plays especially that one turnover he fumbles the ball he gets the ball and he still tries to make something either a scramble out b throw the ball away or c just take the sack and just fall on the ball and just live to fight another day my man picked up the fumble fumble was rolling around throws an interception like it's it's just too much and i think that was the the next ensuing possession was they the they the giants were able to score on that so i think he's just doing a little bit too much i know he's got a, he's under a lot of pressure but he ain't doing them no favors by doing boneheaded plays like that that just that ain't working for him um number four uh the dolphins the dolphins again like i get they lost to the jets i mean i'm sorry they lost to the vikings and i know injuries have just been hitting them but they got a quarterback platoon it looks like two is going to be coming back this week but you know you still got a banged up tyree kill um this is a team that had a lot of promise and then granted they've had a lot of injuries but they just haven't looked good in the last couple of games and i'm starting to worry about them a lot a bit so uh, number four number three would be the green bay packers Yo, this Green Bay Packers team, they had high expectations. Maybe these expectations were a little bit too unrealistic based off the fact that they're like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out. That's like saying, all right, LeBron James is playing with a whole bunch of G League players. And you'd be like, all right, it's LeBron James. He'll figure it out. And that doesn't necessarily work out in the long run. So I feel like the the Packers have underachieved a lot of it. Um, not to mention that the Jets really came into Lambeau Field and just laid the smackdown on them pretty, pretty bad. Like they had a couple of block punts or they had a block punt. Um, the defense played lights out. Um, it, it, the, the Packers just didn't look good. I can't think of anything that they could have done to even stop the bleeding. Like I, I know the score is 27 to 10, but it felt like it was a lot. The, the, the margin was a lot more than that. So, um, I know the Packers keep saying this is a process, you know, it's a 17-week a season, it'll it'll get better, but I don't know about all that. Like, I ain't too, I'm not too, um, I'm very concerned about them, I should say, and I don't know how much of that I would take into a grain of salt with them boys, but they don't, they don't look good at all. My number two team right now would be, as bad as they looked, um, I was really, really high on them boys. It would probably be the Arizona Cardinals. Like, whew, man, they just, I, I see why the Arizona Cardinals told Kyler Murray he got to have X amount of hours of study session for him and his, to be in this contract because my man just, he has brilliant, he, he shows flashes where he can be so good. But then there's other t- there's other players where I'm like, bro, you should have stuck with just signing that contract with the Oakland A's and stuck to baseball. Like, he he's so inconsistent. It drives me crazy. Like, I don't know if he's fully vested. And I get it. DeAndre Hopkins will be coming back this week after serving a six-game suspension. But even with that, like, I don't see them being better than the 49ers. I don't even know if they're better than the Seattle Seahawks right now. And I know they damn sure ain't better than the, the, than the L.A. Rams. So, 
I'm 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 over them. Like I, I, I they they always say that this is a year. Um, I don't understand how Cliff Kingsbury's seat isn't getting a little bit warmer right now, but it needs to be because this is a team that is underachieved. This is a team that was in the playoffs last year, and right now they only have two wins. Like I just don't see Arizona being able to rip off. I don't know. Let's just say four out of six games, four wins out of six games. I I don't see that happening. And then my number one team, yo, the Carolina Panthers, man. It, the only reason why they are on this list right now is because the Las Vegas Raiders didn't play this week. But the Carolina Panthers, dog, what are y'all doing, man? You all got a receiver coaches fighting receivers. You got the interim head coach kicking out players in the middle of the game. You got quarterbacks that are just not good. Like, this team is just a hot mess. Um, they looked terrible yesterday against the doggone Rams. And I don't know where I don't know when the end is gonna come for this team. Like this team is just in a sunken place where they just they just they just stinking up the whole entire field. Their organization just stinks on ice, which is crazy because they just got new ownership. And you would have thought bringing in new ownership, it'd bring in a little bit of you know it'd light uh, light this team up. But it had just done the complete opposite. So I don't know what to really make of the Carolina Panthers outside of the fact that that is a team that is just. But ugly. So those those are my tops, my my week six ballers and my week six fakers. So um, email the show. Let me know what you think. If you agree or not, it's cool. We can discuss about it. We can debate. Now we're gonna talk about the NBA preview. Uh, NBA season is coming up tomorrow night. I believe the Golden State Warriors play the Los Angeles Lakers. They're unveiling their banner. Um, I don't know who plays in the early game, but I did start taking some notes. I started looking around the league, what to look out for. And, you know, everyone well, I haven't really even talked about this was the, the Golden State Warriors as far as their punch heard across the world. And I got to thinking initially, I was like, I mean, it happens. This is before the video got leaked. So I was like, eh, it happens. I mean, Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. It might have just been one of those things where, you know, two teammates just get into it and one socks each other. And, you know, it is what it is type of thing. Um, that was whatever the day that came out. Then I think two days later, the video comes out and it was like, Oh, he damn near knocked that man out. Like that was like certified to be on world star hip hop type of, of, of a punch. And I was like, eh. even then I was still like, eh, I, I feel it. I feel where the, I, the outrage is. I feel where, um, there, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of people banging on Draymond and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Draymond Green's my favorite player in the NBA. It wasn't excusable. Uh, that's something that you can't, you can't, you can't hit somebody with a Mike Tyson uppercut and think that it's all good in the hood. You can't do that. Um, but I also got to thinking about all these players, former players in the NBA community that are out here, including people that have told me things. I'm like, I don't know how y'all like, okay. J.R. Smith was out here throwing hot soup at Damon Jones. Did y'all, if that wasn't on TV, if that wasn't on camera, would you all have made this into a bigger deal? Probably not. It wasn't on camera. If I'm not mistaken, Gilbert Arenas, and I can't think of the other dude's name, one was defecating in a player's shoe, and next thing you know, Gilbert Arenas brings guns to the arena, ready to shoot someone on site. That wasn't on camera. No one really thought about anything else after that. Latrell Sprewell, I'll never forget this, literally choked head coach of the Golden State Warriors at the time, P.J. Carlissimo. Damn near choked that man to death. Like, my man had the scratch, the scratch marks on the next day at the interview to prove it. That wasn't on camera. Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Wasn't on camera. 
Paul Silas and I believe it was Charles Oakley was out here fighting like they was in the WWE Royal Rumble. So I'm getting to this where it happens in the league. The only difference is none of that stuff was on camera. So if I'm the Golden State Warriors and their PR team or their security team, you should know who leaked that film, who, who leaked that video because that video did more damage than any than the punch itself. Like Jordan Poole looks like a sucker for Tate eating that punch. Draymond Green looks bad for throwing the punch. And it's just a bad look. And there's a lot of stuff that's going it's either going to make him or break him this year. You already seen that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins re-signed re-ups with the Golden State Warriors, which leads to think how much does Joe Lake of the owner of the Warriors, how much does he want to eat into this luxury tax? Because next year, ding, 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 Clay Thompson's up for a contract. And now you got to start asking that question. Who's more valuable to the team right now, Draymond Green or Clay Thompson? And barring on how well James Wiseman plays this year, being the fact that this is his official third year, you might need to pay him as well. So there's a lot of things that the Golden State Warriors need to answer. Um, but time will tell. I think if the Warriors can come out, out the blocks, maybe go 20-2, and two, I think ain't nobody going to be talking about this. Um, I do. There's a couple of teams that I'm really, really concerned about. One is the Boston Celtics. I don't know. So the Boston Celtics, if we keep it real, they were flirting around 7th or 8th seed all the way up until the All-Star break. They didn't really go on a nice little run until right before the All-Star break and really transition all the way to the playoffs. With the with uh, M.A. Udoka no longer being there, or at least gone for the year, I don't know how much of that was coaching and towards the players. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see, especially when the East is so deep this year. I mean, we got, we got them, you got Philly, you got Milwaukee, Miami. Hell, I'm putting Cleveland in my top four. Uh, Atlanta's going to be up there. The wild card's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Whether the, Can the Brooklyn Nets just get it together this year? This is going to be their make it or break it year. I don't want to hear nothing about number 11 and all of his antics off the court. I'm never one for shutting up and dribble, but that dude need to shut up and dribble. Stop sending out videos about Alex Jones and just shut up and dribble and play basketball. That's all you need to do this year, and you got to play at least 65 to 70 games this year. Kevin Durant, can you stay healthy where you can play 65 to 70 games? Hell, Ben Simmons, can you just put on a uniform and just walk into the arena and just just be there for opening tip-off? Can you do that? They already got injuries with um, with Seth Curry and um, Joe, uh, Joe Horn, I believe is his name, the three-point specialist. They already got injuries already coming into the season. So can the Brooklyn Nets put it together? You also got the New York Knicks. Can they get it together? The East is going to be a lot deeper than what a lot of people think about, which is crazy. You take away, Toronto's another team that's going to be good. You take away Orlando, Detroit, um, Orlando, Detroit, and maybe, I don't know how Charlotte's going to be able to rebound with LaMelo Ball being hurt for a few for a while with the bummed out ankle. So, you're literally talking about damn near every team in the East is going to be able to have a little bit of say so in that in the in that in that conference. Chicago's going to be very very interesting to see with the injury of uh Lonzo Ball, but they they were able to kind of still play well even without him. Um they were still able to keep the ship afloat. So, the West as well. The West is going to be extremely deep. You take away OKC, Sacramento, maybe even Portland. Everybody in that, everybody in the West, damn near got a, a chance. Not only just to be, you know, not only just to be in the playoffs, but to make some noise. Like I, I think Minnesota is going to be my wild card this year. I think they, with Rudy, Rudy Gobert, 
They're going to be able to, you know, you're not going to ask him to do too much. You got Carl Anthony Towns. You got Anthony Edwards. You got a team that's going to be all right. Um, I think they're going to be able to turn a lot of heads. You also got um, the Pelicans. Can Zion stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, this is a team that gave the Phoenix Suns, which I believe was a two seed, either a two or a one seed. They gave Phoenix Suns all types of hell in those six games. So you got that. You got to see another year of Luka, what he can do with the team that that's around him. How much better are they going to be? Um, then the Lakers, there's always that question mark of the Lakers. Now I saw the Lakers two weeks ago, two weeks ago. One, here's what I do know about the Lakers. Darvin Ham is fully vested in that team. And I feel like the Los Angeles Lakers players are fully vested in Darvin Ham. That's big. When you can get a coach that can, that can get their players to play hard for you, that you, you already got half the battle. And I think they're going to be a little, they're going to be better based off of that alone, that the coach, the players want to play for this dude. Like you can tell easily that they like playing for Darvin Ham, which was kind of a question mark for me. It was like, ah, he's, he's a great assistant, but what is, what has he done as far as, you know, is this the right fit for him? And so far from what I saw with my own two eyes, they look like they responded well to him. And, I don't know how many more wins that will translate, being the fact that they didn't even make the playing game last year. But I'm assuming they're going to get, I don't know how many wins they got last year, but I'm assuming they're going to get at least maybe anywhere between the 6th and the 10th seed. I, I, I would be shocked. Barring any injuries, you know, you got Mr. Glass and Anthony Davis, so he about one. Anytime he fall on the floor, you just be holding your breath like, please don't have a hamstring or a back or something. Just just get up. So that that's a little bit of my NBA previews. Um, I also want to take a look at what the Cleveland Cavaliers got. I think Donovan Mitchell going over there is a great move because you're not asking him to be the face of the franchise. You got a lot of complimentary pieces with Evan Mobley, Darius Gardner, um, Josh Allen, um, Jared Allen. I'm sorry, with the center that like you got a nice young nucleus team that they can all grow together. So they, they're going to be able to lean on each other where they're not having not one particular player has to take all of that pressure. So I think Donovan Mitchell is a great addition to the Cleveland Cavaliers. As long as they can stay healthy this year, I would expect them boys to be around three or four. Like, I'm, I'm fully vested in the Cavs. So I'm really, really interested in seeing that. But I'm just really excited to see what um, the Clippers look like if they're fully healthy. I'm really excited to see what the Brooklyn Nets look like when they're fully healthy. Um, I'm also excited to see what my Warriors going to do this year. I think this might be a last dance type of year where this is going to be a change of the guard type of year where you're going to, this is probably the last year of the old guard. And then next year, I think you're going to start implementing more of the Jordan Pools, John, uh, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Moses Moody type of players. So you're going to start seeing the change of the guard where you're going to expect a lot more of them young players to kind of come out and ball a little bit better and try to see if they can keep this thing rolling. So. That's my preview. Just happy that basketball's on, being the fact that my Raiders just stunk up the field this year. Um, but before we get up out of here, like I said, you listen to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. Podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get that podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Yo, before we get up out of here, we got to talk about the dummy of the day. And usually I like to make, you know, it's, it's, a, it's usually a fun segment, but this one is kind of disturbing. And... He's been in the news recently, just on all. He's just been all over the place. So I think it was two weeks ago. Kanye West had like a fashion week somewhere in Paris where he walked around with White Lives Matter shirts with Candace Owens, which it was weird. And then had all of his models who were predominantly black walking around with White Lives Matter shirts on, which was again weird. And I guess he was on a podcast or a media. Oh, then he he had a his, his oh that before I even get there, 
he had his Instagram suspended because I guess he got into a, uh, I guess Instagram beef with Diddy talking about something about Jewish people and making another Jewish remark towards Diddy saying, I don't know what the ins and outs was, but it's a, from what I read, Instagram shut down Kanye West's account for a few days or a 30 day suspension based off the fact that they found his remark to be um, rather inappropriate. Okay. Now going now fast forwarding, I guess sometime between this weekend, he was on, I believe NORE's podcast or some, something he was on. And my man said something to the realm of George Floyd was killed with by fentanyl and the fact that George Fenton, George Fenton, yeah, he died of fentanyl, fentanyl, not because of the officer had his knee on his neck. He also went on to say something to the realm of uh, the police officer didn't have his knee all the way on that man's neck all like that. So he died of fentanyl. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I don't care if I'm high on cocaine, PCP, uh, crystal meth, heroin. If I'm intoxicated with some type of drugs and I have a 200 pound man putting his knee on my neck, I don't think I'm going to last too long. And I don't think the cause of death is going to be OD. Just saying, I'm not a toxicologist. I'm not a doctor. Just saying. Now, Kanye West, if you're telling me based off of what you saw that you didn't think the police officer didn't have his knee on that man's neck all that long, I would like to see you go even step into a WWE wrestling ring. Let one of those wrestlers who run run anywhere between 205 to 225, let them apply their knee on your neck for eight minutes and 43 seconds, and let me see how long you last. I don't think you're going to last that long, B. Just saying. Just saying. It goes on to the article saying that, um, according to CNN, that George Floyd's family is now considering a lawsuit against Kanye West for, I guess, emotional damages. You know, Kanye West, man. We we got to separate the man from the artist is what we need to do. But this isn't going to change until his endorsements need to step in. And when I say his endorsements, I'm talking about Adidas. Everybody loved the, the Yeezys. Everybody loved Yeezys. That's probably the, one of the most number one hype beast shoes that are out there where everyone wants to get a pair of Yeezys. I think it's time for Adidas to step in and actually pull the plug on their partnership with Kanye West. Just saying, because he can't go back to Nike with this. Nike's not going to sign him. But it's time for Adidas to actually take a look into this and say, hey, are we more important about our dollars? Or are we more important than, or is what we stand for and what we look like um, more important? Because right now, based off of Kanye's track record the last few weeks, it ain't good. It ain't looking good. And I think it's time to, for his, because he's going to keep going off. He's going to keep yapping off at the mouth. He's going to keep saying a lot of these controversial things and that's his first amendment he has the right to do so but we as consumers need to stop if you're that mad we got to stop rocking with him it's that simple but it also goes into effect where his endorsements like i said adidas whoever's he's in conjunction with um his yeezy clothing line they got to take a stand and be like nah bro we're not producing anything you're doing um and i think that's what it's gonna have to boil down to is that yay Kanye, whatever. We got to start separating the man, the artist from the man. And until we do that, he's going to keep doing this. He's going to have all these different types of ways of wiggling in, trying to stay relevant. But um, this is a guy who's desperately seeking attention. I don't know what he's trying to prove at the end of the day, but it ain't looking good. Um, so Kanye West, you definitely get the sports business podcast dummy of the day. Um, 
you need the help that you can get, but you need to just you, you need to kind of just lay off of social media right now and kind of focus on you, man. Just go be a dad, bro. Um, just go do that. But anyways, like I said, you've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. We run, we do the show once a week. Next week, man, um, your boy's on the road. We're going on the road again this weekend. So we're going back home to the Bay Area. Um, we're going to go check out some Warriors action in person. And then we're going to actually, we're going to go check out the Chiefs Niners game in person as well. So I'd love to talk about that next week. Going to talk about some more football. We're going to talk about what some of the opening action of NBA as well. Going to talk maybe yeah, I might dibble in a little baseball since the championship championship league series has started too. So um, make sure you like I said hit that like and subscribe button. We do this once a week. Other than that, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. Be safe.